Welcome back. Richard, it's good to see you again. Nice to see you. And um, happy and at the at the beginning of every podcast, but here we are. This is the last uh, podcast for March. Um, right. So 25, 25% of the year is behind us. There it went. Um, right. And so we're, we're getting ready to move into the next trade. And, and here in, in our area, at least in, in, here in Florida, um, that means testing season is, is upcoming. So um, yes. we'll, we'll have a podcast about that, uh, I'm sure, in the very near future. But, um, but the good news about testing is... Well, hopefully, supposedly Florida is moving away from the, the high stakes testing and moving into the direction of progress monitoring. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody has any idea what that means. Well, hey, but that's the plan. <laughs> it, comes, it comes from the government, <laughs> comes from the government offices. So, um, you know, close enough for government. Or, no, Alfie, that, uh, if anybody knows what progress sorry? monitoring is, it's the government, I'm sure. Right. That's right. That, but as long as we get rid of high stakes testing, that would be a step in the right direction. Whatever replaces, well, I don't want to say whatever replaces it couldn't possibly be worse, but of course, you know, um, agencies find a way to, to make it worse. And I, I hope we never look back and say, wow, I wish we had high stakes testing instead of this. But as Alfie Cohen wisely said, high stakes are for tomatoes. Um, and so, um, and I agree. Yeah. The, high, the whole high stakes testing movement was an abomination. Yeah. Uh, for children and for teachers. So absolutely. And, and, and schools and school districts. I mean, how many schools in our area have closed down? But um, but, but again, that's not the topic of today's podcast. We're not talking about that today, are we? No, we're not talking about that today. Today, we're, we're going to talk about something different, something um, <clears throat> that I think a lot of people are experiencing. Right. Um, and uh, but so it, it is timely. It is important given um, things going on in the world. Um, As well as, you know, my goodness, the past uh, couple of years that we've been dealing with the pandemic. Uh, But we're going to talk about overcoming significant losses and um, working on um, how we're how we manage significant losses, whether they're losses, relationships, um, you know, deaths, um, sometimes just losing a losing a job or losing, mm-hmm. you know, having to move or something like that can create a significant loss in a person's life. And we're going to talk about that today because, um, again, it's, it's very timely, very important for everything that's going on in the world today. Right. Yeah. The title of this um, talk is um, overcoming significant losses and moving on. So throughout the throughout the podcast, we're going to we're going to be emphasizing those two themes is one is overcoming the loss. And step two is moving on. And, and so that sort of ties this together. Right. Um, and this is overcoming loss, dealing with loss is one of the most common problems anybody in our field is asked to deal with. Right. I mean, this comes up, it, it comes up all the time. There's nothing terribly unique about the present. We all have life transitions and each of those transitions can bring loss. But also with the pandemic, you know, almost a million people have died. And so if each person is connected to seven or eight or 10 other individuals, then you have millions of people who have been affected with significant loss because of the pandemic. I mean, job loss, um, losing your house, losing your job, losing a loved one. So there's, there's been, but there's been a considerable amount of loss in the past couple of years, but we have always had to deal with loss. I mean, our, our primitive ancestors had to deal with loss. 
Right. And, and there are losses that we don't always can think about as losses. Exactly. Um, and but they but they are losses nonetheless. You know, um, a divorce is is a significant loss. Um, you know, exactly. ending ending a relationship uh, in, of any kind it, it can be a significant loss. Um, so, you know, if you become injured and you're not able to do something that you used to be able to enjoy, mm-hmm. um, now that's that's a significant loss. Right. And, and what we want to one of the things that we're going to emphasize um, just here at the beginning, so that it hopefully carries through, is that something that's a significant loss for one person may not be a significant loss for somebody else. You know, right. there, there is some. I don't even want to say subjectivity to it because it's not like we decide what is a significant loss, but, you know, certain things can be um, significant losses for someone simply because it's important to them. And, right. and that's something that I always emphasize with my patients who are, who are dealing with this is, you know, they were like, oh, well, I should be able to get over this or I should be able to, to move, move, move on. And, you know, one of the things, so I remind them that, that, that kind of grief, that kind of hurt, that kind of sadness that comes along with, with losing something it is a reflection uh, of sorts, a reflection of how important that thing was to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And the more important something is to you, the more difficult it is when you lose it. And so, sure. um, so we have to keep that in mind that it varies from person to person. Right. Different things are going to be different, um, have differing effects on different people and so um we're not going to be judgmental as it relates to oh well that's nothing you should just be able to get over that yeah get over get over yeah the famous words get over it yeah um and you're right um there's we'll talk about that later when we talk about the grief process because grief is different for everybody because not everybody not everybody is affected similarly to an event you know um so so what we're talking about are painful or disruptive life events in, in general, okay? And some are obvious, like the death of a loved one, of course, okay? Um, this is what most of us think of when we think about losing somebody. Right. But we also have to think about, for example, refugees. You, you see, there have been millions of refugees coming out of Ukraine in, in the past month. Um, imagine walking out of your house with a suitcase and leaving everything else behind, right. knowing that you may never see it again. Right. That's a significant. That's a significant loss for any refugee, no matter no matter where you are. Um, and then a geographic relocation. Um, when you when you move, if 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 I had to leave Florida right now and move to a completely new place where I knew nobody, that would be a significant and very disruptive life event, because my support system is here. And right. so I can remember years ago, my uncle, he worked in a steel company and he was moved from his hometown to a state several you know, hours away. And that was very disruptive for their whole family because he was the first person who ever moved away like that. Right. And it was very disruptive for the whole family and people, they never really got over it. And as soon as he was able to move back, he was there for a few years. As soon as he was able to move back, he came back because it was very disruptive for the family. So those kinds of things, are those significant disruptive events. And there are other things that are, they're not life-threatening, but certainly pose their own challenges. You mentioned the end of a romantic relationship. Well, if you've been in a committed relationship for somebody you really care about and it ends, that's a difficult thing to move from. That's a difficult thing to get over. Um, An unexpected job loss. Yeah. You know, people who who lost their jobs during the pandemic, um, that's as, they didn't lose their lives, but 
boy, it certainly disrupted their lives. Right. I hadn't thought about these, these, but retirement. Right. For, you know, when you retire, that's a significant change in your life. <laughs> well, we and we know of people who've really had difficulty coping with what do I do now? Because the the you know it's unstructured. You know, right. when you when you're working, life is very structured. I know what time I get up. I know where I go when I get up, and I know what I'm right. doing. And then mm-hmm. I, I come home. Um, once you retire, then all of that is gone. Um, all of all of that changes. Right. But it goes along with the with another one. The, the you know that our changing roles. You know, as we get older and we're still caring for our, our kids, um, mm-hmm. but then we have to start caring for our our aging uh, parents. And so that's right. That's a huge, that's a huge change for some people to be. And we see them again, we see them in the practice all the time that suddenly the child has to become the adult, the child has to become the caregiver. And that's a huge transition for some people. Um, Along with empty nest, the empty nest syndrome. That's another huge and significant and disruptive change for a lot of people. I think it's, you know, of course, it's significant, because if you raise children for 20 or 21 years, that's how you define yourself as Absolutely. a parent. Absolutely. Well, the children leave, you've defined yourself as a parent for 20 years. Now, what do you do? Okay. Right. So, well, no, it's how, how, you know, you don't think about things like, um, oh, that's Connor's dad. Right. I, I, it's not, that's not Bernie. That's, that's Connor's dad. Um, and so yeah, it becomes how we're identified um, in some places. And so when we think about all of these different things, what we're talking about are events that really disrupt our equilibrium. They just right. kind of take what we felt was stable, um, mm-hmm. consistent, predictable, and it shakes all of that up and, right. and it makes it to where um, we're, we're a little bit uneasy um, we're, we're a little bit uh, wobbly. And mm-hmm. our, our, what we really want is to regain that stability. Um, but it's really difficult to do that because we're thinking about, okay, that's what made me stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have that anymore. So now <laughs> what? Yeah, I've spent my life constructing this stability, uh, the home, the address, the kids, the schools, and suddenly all of that's gone. Right. Okay. So, so you have this, the, the, the first reaction is this desire to return to what was, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about a romantic relationship, what's the first thing I want to go back to what I had. I want, I want to, I want to have that again. Okay. So, so there is this natural tendency to resist loss and the change in our circumstances. We all have that because we like, as a species, we like predictability. We like stability. We create a stable life and we want to keep it. And when that's disrupted, we want to return to what was, we want to resist the fact that we've lost it, and we want to resist the change in our circumstances. This all creates the stages of grief. That's what, that's what we're talking about here is we're talking about the grief process. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, uh, we, we've talked about the grief um, process before. Um, and so just to reiterate, it's not, they're not sequential. Um, you know, you don't start with, you know, denial and work your way through acceptance. Um, right. You can go in and out of different ones. You can skip some of them altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the goal is always to get towards acceptance. Right. And, you know, acceptance is the um, acceptance is the main goal that we, right. that we want to work towards. Um, and we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. But right. the entire process just really creates a lot of anxiety and a lot right. of stress for people. Um, in part because they're experiencing it, um, but also in part because um, they don't want to be experiencing it. 
Right. You know, right. Many, you know, many times people are going through this process and they're, they even tell themselves, you know, God, I just need to move on. I just need mm -hmm. to right. get over this, but I can't. Um, right. And so it creates that anxiety and, um, and distress in, in, within people. Right. Yeah. Because you have, you have a grief process, you have increased anxiety, you're, you're going to feel anxious and you have a loss of identity. I mean, you, this person uh, who I've been for all these years, suddenly all that has to change. And so, so there are these common features um, of disruption and anxiety and grief and loss of identity that really attend to any type of significant and unexpected change in our life circumstances. So the issue is, how do I manage all this stuff? Well, managing it involves two steps and, and doesn't matter what the disruption is. They're, they're the same two steps. Um, and this is where I think it's helpful for people going through who have experienced a recent loss or recent disruption is you're always going to be dealing with two steps. One is acceptance and the other is moving on. You have to accomplish both things. Right. Yeah. So, so when we think about acceptance, again, I, as I mentioned a moment ago, you know, acceptance is sort of the, the ultimate goal. Um, mm -hmm. When we think about the grief process, we have those, those five levels or five processes that we deal with in, you know, denial and anger, bargaining, depression, and, you know, also acceptance. And mm -hmm. the goal is to, to get to acceptance, but there's not a timeline for this. It's, um, it's not like, okay, well, you, you should experience denial for, you know, a, a couple of mm -hmm. weeks. Um, mm -hmm. You should experience anger for this amount of time and then so on. Um, it, it's not time limited. Right. Um, but when we think about working towards acceptance, it's so important that we're realistic. Right. Um, That's right. We can't have this ideal in our mind that, okay, you know, this was a big loss and everything, but, you know, just give me, you know, 72 hours and I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> it's not going to work that right. way. That's right. If you, if let's take a romantic relationship. If, if I'm in a romantic relationship with a person and suddenly that romantic relationship ends, um, it depends how deeply involved I was with that person. Sure, if it's a two-year relationship and I've grown really close and dependent and really want that, and she walks out of my life, that could be catastrophic. Okay. Right. Whereas I could have another two-year relationship with a person, but it doesn't mean nearly as much. And so the, the um, getting over it, the acceptance is much easier. Right. So you can't say, how long does it take? It right. depends how deeply involved you were in this relationship. Not, not to mention that there's going to be hallmark, uh, sort of like um, postmarks um, along, the uh, along the year that's right. going to reignite some of that. Um, that's right. So, you know, you, you were with a person, you know, if you're with or married to a person for an mm -hmm. extended period of time, you know, you're going to come up to the an anniversary, you're going to come up right. to their birthday, you're going to come up to, you know, if you have kids with them, you know, right. so how are we going to manage holidays with kids? And so all of these things keep coming up year after year after year. And right. it does get easier over the years, but, but it's going to be there. But um, it may linger. It may linger for a long time. <laughs> absolutely. And so you can't, you can't begin the process with the idea that, okay, I'm, you know, I shouldn't be bothered by this anymore right. uh, because it, it's just not going to, it just, that's just not realistic. That's just right. not going to work out that way. 
Right, but but th- and this is where the word acceptance becomes so critical, so important, because the other thing is, is that acceptance has to be based in reality. So you're in a romantic relationship, that relationship ends, and there is this desire, this immediate reaction is, I want it back. I don't want it to end. I want it back. Okay. Right. We all, that, that's perfectly normal. And so you persist immediately after the breakup, you, you persist and you say, no, I have to persevere. I have to get this back. I have to do what I can. At some point, you have to recognize that this is over. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's so and important. that's reality. That's so important because, you know, people talk about, and I know we're sitting, we're talking strictly about relationships here, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, people talk about staying together for the kids or, you know, right. or they, they, they go through this major issue and they, they separate and everybody else that looks at it says, you know, it's probably best if you guys raise the flag and, it, you know, this right. is where it's done. Right. Um, but then they get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, because of the kids or because of whatever. And then they realize, oh yeah, this is why we were separating to begin right. with. And they separate again. And then with exactly the reason that you're talking about, then they get right. back together again. And um, I, I, you know, I have people that I'm working with right now whose, whose parents have done that back and forth mm-hmm. and uh, they, they have such a difficult time with it because they, you know, it, it's a yo-yo, an emotional yo-yo for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, accepting that reality. Um, and, and there's all kinds of strategies that you can do. You know, we could talk about that. Um, there's all kinds of strategies that you can use to help you through that so that you can resist yeah. that tendency. Right. Um, but that is a tendency that, that a lot of us have. And we have to keep that basis in reality um, firm so that we recognize why we're making the decisions that we're making. Right. That's right. So acceptance has to be, is, is, there's two things to remember. One is, it's going to, how long it takes is going to depend on the relationship. Um, um, losing a job, okay? Losing a, losing a relationship, losing a job, losing a loved one. Um, I, you don't know how long it's going to take, you know? But the other, and the other issue is you have to accept. If, right. if, you're, if you're in a romantic relationship and the other person walks away, and at some point you have to say, this is over. And if you don't get over it, if you're stuck, on, I just can't accept that it's over, then you may want to consider talking to somebody about it. Because at some point, the reality is in the real world, this relationship is over. The other person has moved on. And you, if you're stuck, um, then you're not dealing with reality. And that, that, that's a serious concern, is you're right. not accepting what is real. Right. And so it's time to, to maybe get some help somewhere. Right. The other thing to remember about acceptance is we're not, it's not a surrender. People, people think of acceptance, I have to, get, um, I have to surrender. No, you're not surrendering, you're simply accepting what is. Right, um, it's, it's like the, the difference between acceptance and approval. Um, is the way that I think about it. Um, I, I, I'm not approving this, isn't, this isn't what I want. This isn't, right, exactly. this isn't okay with me, right. but I accept that this is what's happening. That's right. That's um, right. That difference is really important because um, you can accept something that you really dislike and that you really don't want, mm-hmm. um, even if you will continue to feel like it's not okay. Is right. I, I don't I, I don't want this. I, I'm not okay with this. I wish that it wasn't happening. Right. 
but I accept that it is happening. I accept that that's what's reality. That's right. And, and, you know, when we talk about acceptance is not surrender, um, sports comes to mind. Okay. Because in sports, in every sport that there is, players make mistakes. Right. Players, it, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what level it is. Well, I, I was watching a tennis match yesterday. There's a famous tennis match going on in Miami right now. And these are professional. These are the best players in the world. And a guy double faulted, <laughs> even professionals double fault. Um, we live in, we live in Florida and uh, Tampa Bay has this Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the football team, and they have Tom Brady as their quarterback. Tom Brady will on occasion throw an interception. Mm-hmm. Well, what's he, what do you do if you're a professional athlete? You put that behind you, you accept it, but you move on. Okay. You sort of rethink the whole thing and you move on. Tom Brady doesn't, if he throws a re- an interception, doesn't throw his hand up in the air and say, okay, this is all over. I have to give up. No, you regroup and you, you, you go back and do it again. And that's what, that's what we're talking about with acceptance. You accept the error, you accept the mental error, you accept the reality, and then you get on with the business of moving on. You're not giving up. You're not giving in. You're simply saying, okay, I don't like it. As you said, I don't, I don't want this. I don't approve of it, but that's, that, that's what I'm dealing with. And so I learned how to accept it. And then I learned how to move on. Right. And, and moving on, that, that the second part, you know, once you accept it, then you start to move on. And, and this is that transition into the new life. Right. right? This is mm-hmm. going from, okay, this is what was, and this is what is now the, now my situation. And that, that moving on is an important next step because right. that keeps us from being stuck in the mud. And, right. But these two things have to go together. You, know, right. you can't accept and then stay where you are. Right. right. Because if you stay where you are, you're, you're going to have a difficult time holding on to that acceptance because right. yes, you can accept something for a period of time. And mm-hmm. then because of circumstances move back to That's some right. other stage of, uh, of grief. So, right. you know, to be able to ha- have that acceptance and hold on to that acceptance, you have to then move on to this transition into your new life. That's right. That's right. And so moving on, um, we, 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 everybody acknowledges you don't want to move on. I understand that you don't, you don't want to leave what you had and you don't want to move on. So there's this normal resistance to moving on. Second, the change that you're facing is going to create anxiety. You are going to feel anxious. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel at a loss and you're going to have some loss of identity, you know, I, uh, whether it's a job or a relationship or a, a geographic relocation, you're going to lose part of your identity in the process. And, and nobody really wants to do that. But if you don't move on, if you keep persevering and you keep grinding at what was, um, that usually results in negative consequences for a person. Those are people, we refer to that as being stuck. Right. And if you're stuck and you're not moving on, then you're, you're, those are, that's, those are going to be negative consequences. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to have other serious problems. If you can't, if you can't accept and move on right. uh, as difficult as it is, um, you're, you're going to have uh, negative consequences. And this combination of acceptance and moving on is different than getting over it. Exactly. So, because when people talk about getting over it, what they're saying is you need to just ignore it. You need mm-hmm. to just, um, not process it. 
Um, and, and that the processing portion of it is what's so important and what is what helps you move on to a to that new transition that to that new life. Um, getting over it doesn't allow you that opportunity to process it. Right. And you're just okay. Um, and this is where we end up again, we keep we keep referring to it from the perspective of relationships, but this right. is where you get into like rebound relationships and things like yeah. that, because um, you're just moving on. Okay, so I'm going to move on, but you didn't really deal with what led to the loss before, and so That's you're right. doomed to repeat, or you're doomed to like get back to that. I miss what I had, and right. back to that again. And, and that's an excellent example of of refusing, of not accepting. Okay, right. um, if you're if you're still if you haven't really accepted the reality that it's over, that it's different, that it's changed and you move on too, too quickly, you're going to move on to the wrong person or the wrong place or the wrong job, okay? You're going to be doing it for the wrong reason. Right. When we talk about processing, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about really accepting the reality. No, you don't want to, but you have, you, you have to accept that, yes, this is over. Um, several years ago, um, there was a huge job transition in a, in a place where I was working, and it took a long time to accept that it was over okay right. and that it was time to move on and um but eventually eventually you had to say okay this is over mm -hmm. i don't want it to be over i don't want this to end but it's over i can accept that now i have to move on and that's another whole step that you have to take okay but you can't move on until you've accepted right okay? so you have to let go of the past right and then you have to move forward right and letting go is letting go isn't easy. Um, you know, it, it's, it's easier with some losses because like, like you mentioned the, the job uh, situation, it, it's easier to let go there because, well, you know, you're, you're not at that other job anymore and you, right. there, there's usually nothing you can do to go back to it. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's different when it's the loss of someone because of, uh, of a death um, because it doesn't really matter what you do. They're, they're not there anymore. Um, <laughs> In romantic relationships, it's more difficult um, because you that moving on, that, that getting um, letting go of the, the past is more difficult because that person is still there. Um, right. You oftentimes have things around you that remind you uh, of them, and so mm -hmm. we tend to ruminate, um, right. and so we we keep thinking about what we did or what's going on or what was or and and what could be, and mm -hmm. um, though that rumination tends to be it tends to be negative, even though it feels positive because you're thinking about the good times and you're thinking about all the things that you wanted sure. and all the dreams that you had and all of those kinds of things. It, it's negative because it's just harming you. It's just hurting right. you. Um, and, and, and it is not allowing you to, um, to let go of the past so that you can then move forward. Right. And so here we're talking about how do you move forward? Well, the example of a romantic relationship is good example of rumination. A rumination is thinking about it over and over again. Rumination can be negative right. or it can be deliberate. There are two kinds of, of rumination. Right. One is negative, and that's the rumination where you just question, why did this happen? Um, how could she have left? Why, you know, why aren't we together? What did, you know, and that's that negative uh, kind of self-destructive uh, rumination. Right. But there is, a, there is a second type of rumination. And, and I want you to listen carefully to this because this is deliberate 
rumination. And this is the process whereby you, you develop a better awareness, a better understanding of your needs and your preferences and your core beliefs. When, look, loss is a part of life. You're going to lose loved ones. You're going to lose romantic relationships. You're going to change jobs. You're going to change. It's loss is a part of life. Right. And you have to get good at dealing with it. And when you when you experience loss or these disruptive events, that's the time where part of moving on, an important part of moving on, is you use this experience to develop a better understanding of who you are. I mean, this relationship ended for some reason, and it wasn't just because of the other person. You need to think about you need to do some very hard work, some very hard thinking about what are your needs? What are your, what do you really want in a relationship? Right. Because you obviously didn't get it in this one. So what is it about you? Not that you made a mistake, but what is it about you? So you should be gaining new insight into yourself right. as a result of this loss. I don't care what kind of a loss you experience. You should be developing a better understanding. You can do that in two ways. You can either do it yourself through introspection. Um, you know, who am I? What do I really want? What do I want in a partner? What are my fears? What are my weaknesses? Or you can do it with the assistance of a, of a mental health professional. You can sit down with somebody who does this all the time and say, look, I'm having this problem. How do I get out of this? What, what, you know, I need to understand myself better. And so somebody has to ask you those hard questions. You know, right. what do you want out of life? Right. And this is what we talk about when we talk about learning from these experiences. Mm -hmm. So, yes, this was a really difficult loss. This was a really difficult um, thing to go through. But what did you learn from it? What can you take from that to make the next thing better, to make your right. stage of your life better? Um, and it's not always easy to see. Um, part of that is because we don't want to see it. We don't right. want to go through that process because that, again, um, requires the acceptance, you know, mm -hmm. to, to really learn from an experience, you have to accept that that experience is over. Right. Um, that's right. And, you know, that's, but that's all part of it. Um, right. But, you know, again, we, we kind of talk about romantic relationships, but it's, it's very similar with, with retirement or with the empty mm -hmm. nest that we were talking about earlier because of the changes in routines. Right. Um, we have new roles. We're, we're doing new things. We're doing mm -hmm. um, our, our goals are our daily goals are very different now than they mm -hmm. were before, um, before we retired or before the kids moved out. Right. That's right. And with empty nest, you have this role transition. You, you're going to create, you're creating a new, <laughs> essentially you're creating a new feeling, at least a new identity. You're right. creating a new person and that can feel overwhelming. You know, for many people, it's like, I, I, I have been a parent. I define myself as a parent. Mm -hmm. for all these years. And now all of a sudden that's gone. And I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with creating a new, I, I don't want to, there, there we go again. No, you, I know you don't want to, but right. you have to accept that you're no longer this kind of parent. You have to become another kind of parent. Of course, that's going to be overwhelming. And so your rumination, whether it's losing a partner or losing your, your role, it can feel overwhelming and you can ruminate negatively or you can do deliberate rumination where you say, okay, I'm a, still a parent, 
but I'm a different kind of parent now. And so I'm going to move forward and become this other parent. Yes, it's overwhelming. Yes, it's anxiety producing. Yeah, no, you don't want to do it, but you move on in the new role. Right. And and this is related to um, goals as well. You know, so so you you set a goal for yourself um, and you, you do this same introspection, the same, um, you know, internal look to determine, right. man, I have been working at this for how long? And, mm-hmm. you know, what do I keep? Do I keep doing it? Because it's because it's, you know, causing me problems here It's causing me problems there. But I don't want to let go of this goal. I don't want to let go of this ideal that I want. You know, if you think of trying to think about, you know, starting a new business or, you know, going right. going back to college or something like mm-hmm. that. Um you know, if life circumstances just don't work out to where you can do that right? because of skills that are needed, resources that are needed that you don't have or something like that, you have to be able to do that introspective um, analysis and say, you know what, um, this isn't going to work out. So you got to know, know when to kind of let that go mm-hmm. um, instead of holding on to something that that is just going to continue to deteriorate your mental health. That's right. Yeah. So you set these goals and you say, is it, is the goal attainable? You, you've said many times, <laughs> somebody will come in here and they, they, you know, they're getting C's and D's in school, you know, and they, they failed algebra. And you said, well, what are you, what are your plans? And I said, oh, I plan to go to medical school. Well, so is it attainable? You know, is the goal attainable? And then the second question, is it really attainable? You know, yeah, I guess in the best of all world, in a perfect world, it's attainable. But now, wait a minute. Let's think about this. Is it really attainable? Because if you persist in the face of unattainable goals, Mm -hmm. and and that's where attainability is so significant. If you persist in pursuing this goal day after day, week after month after month, it's going to lead to distress, low self-esteem. And it's going to harm your ability. It's going to affect your ability to pursue goals in the future because you've been pursuing a goal that is really unattainable for you. So acceptance is you may not achieve the goal, but you're going to learn a great deal in the process. It's the same thing with with losing a loved one uh, or or losing a romantic relationship. Yes, you you lost this relationship, but you learned about yourself in the process. Same with same with it, not achieving a goal. No, you didn't achieve the goal, but you learned a great deal in the process about yourself. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that example with, um, you know, the, the kid who is failing classes and, um, you know, couldn't make it, you know, struggling with algebra, you say, you know, they, they say they want to go to medical school and you say, well, is that really realistic? Oh yeah. Well, if I really tried, then I could make good grades. Okay, so get that next step of is it really attainable? Okay, right. what is it going to take for you to try? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes they they're just not going to. And so yes, is it really attainable? Absolutely. From a from a theoretical perspective, but from a <laughs> practical perspective, they're not going to try. They're not going to do it because they right. don't they don't really want to. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when you get into you know maybe the goal is really their parent's goal or something like that. Right. Right. But you, you, you have to look at it from a from a perspective of reality. What, what is realistic? What do you what do you really want? Um, because if it's not what you really want, you're not going to work for it. Right. Um, you're 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 not going to accept um, be able to deal with it. And so you, you have to accept um, letting it go. 
And, right. and that sort of brings us back to that the, the overall idea of you know goal of this this podcast was you know when we have these experiences, these losses, these unexpected, unwanted transitions that we have to to go through in life, we need to work through the process so that we can accept it. And then we need to take the next step of moving on, right. um, not getting over it, not just that's right past and move on uh, and get over it. But we, we have to accept it. We have to process it. And then we have to move on so that we can make better decisions in the future. That's right. Because accepting and moving on this, this two-step process isn't easy. Right. Um, transitions produce feelings of helplessness and grief and anxiety, uh, fear of what what lies ahead? I mean, it, it's 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 unsettling when a romantic relationship ends and you're suddenly alone, and you're thinking, "What? Well, how do I how do I find another person? How will I ever find another person?" So right. that creates fear and anxiety, the, the fear of the future, right? And those are understandable. They're 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 we understand that we all experience these are universal challenges that all of us face, and it does take courage. Um, otherwise, if you if you don't if you don't accept, if you don't say, okay, this is over and move on, you're you're never going to get to moving on. Okay? Right. So you have to accept what is. And so you process the loss. So in, in our business, we talk about, well, you have to process the what do you mean? Pro, by process, we mean getting to acceptance. Right. That, that, that's that's what pro, whatever you have to do to get to acceptance and say, no, I don't want it. Yes, it's painful, but I know it's real. I know that I that it's over. And so it is now time to move on, which is a process of moving on. You don't move on instantly. Okay. So by process, we mean going through a process of self-discovery, of identification. Yeah. Who are you? All right. What do you really want? What are your fears? What, what are you afraid of? And then what are your boundaries? What aren't you going to do? Okay, right. and what aren't you going to tolerate? So when we say process, these are the questions that you have to answer, and you have to answer them truthfully because once you do, you're going to come out with more self-awareness, and it's going to be easier to move on. You're going to move on to the right places. Right, and, and that process helps you to learn from that experience. That's and right. If you right. remember, if you don't learn, you're just going to repeat the cycle. If you you're going to do the same thing again, right? If you don't recognize those cues that let you know that you might be mm -hmm. with a partner that could become abusive, you're right. bound to get into another relationship with somebody who is potentially going to be abusive. Bernie, um, how many times have you seen that in your practice oh, yeah. where somebody somebody ends a relationship and they get into the relationship with exactly the same person, the same kind of person? Right. Right. And so the same thing happens over and over and over again, because they're not going through the process of learning from that experience so that they can make better decisions the next time. And so I know, you have yeah, to I know a woman who, who she was married three times and each time she married essentially the same kind of person. Right. So her first relationship ended and then she got into a second relationship and that one ended. And then she got into a third relationship and that one ended. And these are fairly long-term marriage relationships, Right. but she was marrying the same kind of person right. every time. And so of course it ended the same way. Right. So she had in this process of, it was about a 40 year process. Um, she never really learned 
or defined who she was and what she wanted because right. she kept choosing the same person. Right. And, and what happens, we, we get into those situations and we say, well, I'm the common denominator, so it must be me. <laughs> well, it, it, it is from the perspective of you, you're not learning, who, right. you're not going through that, that, that process of understanding yourself to really know what you need. Right. It's yeah. not you that there's something wrong with you. It's you that you don't know you. And, right. or, and what know what you need. And so we have to get to that acceptance um, of, of the loss of these relationships so that we can then start to move on. That's right. Um, we can't move on until we accept. That's right. Um, and, and as difficult as it is to accept, if you think about it in terms of, I am going to use this trauma, this trauma, this, this disruption, this distress, I'm going to use it to learn something about myself right. so that I get it right the next time. Absolutely. And, yeah. and so that makes it easier to accept because at least something positive is coming out of this very disruptive, undesirable set of circumstances that you're suddenly facing. Absolutely. And remember that, you know, moving on is the best antidote for deterioration and stagnation. That's right. It takes a ton of courage <laughs> and determination and will and, and work, mm -hmm. but it helps to prevent so many other problems. Right. Um, just going through this process, um, it helps prevent so many future problems um, right. and it just helps you continue to grow as a person. Yeah, and don't, don't ever, I mean, it's, as I said, this is universal. This is something that our species has been going through since we lived on the prairie. Um, we all experience these things, Absolutely. okay? And so there is a way to um, get through these very, very difficult times. You do this two-step process. If you can do it yourself, that's fine. If you need help, go get it, okay? Absolutely. But don't be embarrassed because we all go through it. We all experience loss of one type or another. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, I think that that's it for today mm -hmm. um, with that great advice of, of getting help. If, you, if you're having a hard time doing it yourself, uh, get some help from a professional and, and they'll help right. you through the process. So, all right. Yep. Well, that's okay. it. Okay. Until next time, uh, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.